1: you're listening to the huddle up podcast with chad jensen and zach kelberman join bronco's country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off and now it's time to drop some knowledge
3: we are live we're running a little bit late thanks for bearing with us you guys we're gonna let the stream breathe just for a second here make sure it's nice and stable welcome in everybody to the Huddle Up podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host Chad Jensen with me as always returning from a couple of days off a weekend. I hope you had some time to even if you weren't with mom I hope you got a chance to talk to mom today Zach.
2: Yeah we actually uh, we had a little afternoon together it was nice you know just uh, celebrated the holiday and put the issue that shall remain nameless behind us. It's been a couple Rough couple months. She's a little older, so she's been self-isolating, self queuing I'll call. it. Yeah. I'm not going to say the word. So it was nice to get out and about and just drive around and have some fun. So it's a good day.
3: Yeah, we. Uh, <clears throat> I've been talking a little bit more about the word that she'll go unnamed on on Twitter. So anyone that's that's friends with me on Facebook knows that that's a particular topic that I am unabashed to talk about on Facebook. But I've always kept my opinions on that issue off of Twitter for the most part. But the last couple of days, I've just kind of said, you know what, Screw <laughs> I'm over this BS, you know, I'm yeah. over it. So it's been good, though, exercising those demons. Uh, and when I say I'm over it, like I'm over it, dude. My life is back to normal, period. End of story. Life goes on. And we hope you guys, though, are having a great yes. Mother's Day. It's a shout out to all the awesome uh, mothers absolute. in uh, Mother. Bronx country. I know we got a lot. Oh, I don't know about a lot. I know we have several high-profile listeners who are moms that, uh, you know, our thoughts are with you. And it's a day to celebrate how special and unique motherhood really is and what you all mean to each and every one of us and, and the people in your lives, you know, the, your, whether it's your husband, your children, your grandchildren, some of you out there. So we, uh, we give a shout-out to the, to the moms in Broncos country. And, you know, Zach, as we kind of segue in terms of what to talk about tonight, there has been no news there's really not anything breaking over the last few days that we could dive into. So I wanted to talk about this tweet that we got from pro football focus here in just a minute. Uh, But first let me just run through and welcome in those of you who've been hanging out in the room. Sorry, we were running a little bit late uh, tonight because a couple of reasons. One, I was flying back from a family get together, trying to get here for you guys. And we were also tackling a, a very slight technical difficulty that we we ultimately did tackle. So yep. welcome into Ty, Brandon, Nad, Benz, Brian, Buana. What's up, my friend? Good to see each and every one of you. TJ, Kenneth, what's going on, you guys? This is just for what it's worth, guys. This is one of those uh no holds barred huddle up podcasts. Whatever's on your mind, I mean, consider it a unofficial mile high mailbag because there's not a lot cooking on the on the news wire. So let's just quick Zach be, uh, before I serve this tweet to you i wanted to get your thoughts on it let me just remind our listeners <clears throat> make sure you're following the show on twitter at huddle up pod that's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time and while you're at it you're going to want to make sure that you also follow mile high huddle so many of you have done that but that's how you make sure you miss no breaking broncos news and analysis and then when you get some time guys you want to get your swag on go to huddleuppod.com get one of these hats Get a football priest t-shirt, the mask, a is mug. I would grab it. It's a little hot where I'm at right now. Get a mug. I would show you the mask, but we're loving all of the the uh, selfies, Zach, that are coming in of our great yeah. listeners that are, that are rocking the mask. And, hey, man, I understand the better safe than sorry mentality when it comes to the word that shall go unnamed. So mask up if you're out there, if that's something that you're concerned about, and that's a good way to do it.
2: We actually had a decent comment on YouTube, Chad. Even when the issue is resolved later in the year, it can be used as a cold weather type mask or a face guard. So um, not to plug it too much. It's high quality. It's good material. It's comfortable. Chad puts on all the time. Uh, it's breathable. It's not too tight, not too loose. So if you want one, go get yourself one.
3: Anyone who's been to a cold weather football game, and especially if there's any moisture in the air, whether it's raining or snowing, you know that it's it just adds to your comfort if you can cover your face from from your beak to your chin, right? If you can cover it like this, it just makes you a little bit more comfortable standing in the in the elements. So yeah. you know what? It can it can protect you while you're out and about in the short term. And in the long term, as Zach mentioned, it can be an asset for you when you get out to the football
0: game. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a bore or girl. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
1: All
3: right, Zach, let's talk about real quick, and then we'll see what's on the minds of our awesome listeners. We've got some super chats rolling in, and uh, Buona Beast notified me that we missed a super chat from one of our superstars, David Kilgore. So we're going to go back and find that and uh, take care of business, take care of David, because you know we love you, Dave. Uh, But first, guys, the Denver Broncos, and Zach, I thought you'd get a kick out of this, and you'll see why. Are one of only two teams that Pro Football Focus gave both an A plus draft grade to, plus an above average PFF free agency grade. The Denver Broncos and the Dallas Cowboys are the only two teams. And so it's kind of interesting, segueing this into what I wanted to talk about is Eric Trickle today. And I guess I guessed it on his podcast last night. And that was a lot of fun. It was good to talk to you guys then. But, but Zach, he published a rankings. Article today ranking the Broncos position groups from strongest to weakest, and suffice to say, there were some questionable things for me. But he did it completely off of based on what the proven talent, you know, proven production on the field in the NFL. So, for example, you you think about the fact that that Pro Football Focus gave the Broncos an A plus grade Zach in the draft plus an above average free agency. Well. What did the Broncos center on in the draft? It was very much wide receiver, bringing speed to the offense. On Eric's list, wide receiver is number eight. And his rationality behind that is that Cortland Sutton is the only proven NFL wide receiver in that depth chart. If it was based on potential and expectations, it would be ordered differently. But your thoughts?
2: I think that's fair from Eric's point of view. As much as we love Jerry, Judy, and KJ Hamler, they are still unproven in the NFL. They have to make their bones as professional players and take that next step. I happen to agree, though, with PFF all the way around. I'm not going to go on a Cowboys tangent, but they absolutely destroyed the draft. They had a really solid offseason, even signing Andy Dalton for $7 bucks. The Broncos, their trade for Gerald Casey for a seventh-round pick, Boyer for a fourth-round pick to get Judy at 15, not have to give up draft capital. Hamler in the second round, Moody later on, Cushionberry where they got him, Chad. I happen to agree the Broncos really had a solid offseason, but I'm not using either PFF's rankings or anyone else's subjective listing in terms of ordering the Broncos moves. Nothing matters until they get on the grass and prove their worth on the field. It's all well and good right now. Everyone is zero and zero on May 10th. The Broncos, Cowboys had really good off seasons. It's not going to matter, though, if it doesn't come out, as you say, Chad, in the wash.
3: It's got to come out in the wash. And just to complete this, Uh, I guess I can do really quick here. Let me bear with me one second. I'm going to do a share screen so you guys can get a little bit of a visual as we go through these really quickly. And I'm sorry, Eric, if we're stealing uh, one of your content ideas for your podcast next week. But here's how he's got them ranked. I just want to run through these real quick, Zach. He's got running back, number one, as far as the strongest position group the Broncos have from a proven talent perspective. I would probably – You would say what? What?
2: Outside linebacker.
3: That's exactly what I was going to say. So running back one tight end two, it is a log jam at tight end right now. Defensive line three, special teams four, offensive line five. Then he's got safety at six edge rusher at seven. So outside backer at seven wide receiver again at eight and then quarterback at nine linebacker at 10 and, uh, excuse me, uh, cornerback at 11. So his rationale on Drew Locke, let me just read this real quick. Quote, this is not an indictment, the fact that the quarterback is ranked ninth on Drew Locke. Jeff Driscoll is a solid backup option, and Brett Ripon will compete for it. Meanwhile, the starter, Locke, is loaded with potential, but he has a lot of growing to do to prove he is the guy. Quarterback is the most valuable position in football, and not having an answer here could really drag the team down. So hopefully, Locke steps up and improves his play to be that long-term answer for Denver. Close quote. Your thoughts, my friend?
2: It's As much as we love Drew Locke, Chad, you and I are, are bigger Locke fans, I think, than most other media or analysts. Uh, he is still improving. He's only played in five games. He he was an unknown commodity last year, so teams didn't have film on him. This year will be changing. Teams are going to be keying in on the Broncos' passing attack, looking to limit his options in the passing game. I just disagree with how Eric, and all all due respect, how he ordered the list. To me, tight end, who's proven in that room? Hyrman's not proven. Fumacalli's not proven. Nick Nick Vanette's no one to write home about. Noah Fant's not proven. I would order that a little differently. Wide receiver, at least you have Cortland Sutton. He's a a stud. He's a no doubt about it. Safety's up there to me, Green Jackson and Justin Simmons. But edge rusher to me, if you're ordering the strengths of the Broncos, Vaughn and Chubb, you can't get better than that, Chubb.
3: I'm wondering, you guys, if the super chat that was missed, if it was on our show, uh, bona Beast, maybe text me. If it was on our show, if it was on one of the Dove Valley Deep Diver shows, because I'm just scrolling through the YouTube analytics looking. Oh, here's one. Was it about uh, Clowny? I don't think that actually doesn't sound familiar that we talked about that. Let me just grab this uh, from Tanner, and then we'll grab the one I think we might have missed from uh, from Dave. Tanner says, uh, and thank you for that $5 super, yeah, my friend. Thank you, Tanner. Hi, guys. If you could have the 13 offense, the 2013 offense and the 15 defense on the same team, who would be your ideal coaching staff from the Josh to to so Josh McDaniels to the Vic Fangio time period? So you've got the Peyton Manning 2013 offense. you got the Wade Phillips 2015 defense. Who would your head coach or coaching staff be? I mean, mm-hmm. Zach... I don't know. Gary Kubiak would probably significantly dumb down that offense that was so <laughs> prolific in 2013. But I got to go with Coobs because he brought home a world championship. Yeah. You know, I, I could maybe go with Vic because I like what I'm seeing so far, and I like the the coaches he's put around him. But I'd probably answer off the cuff like this. Really interesting question, by the way, Tim. Yeah, uh, with with Kub, who brought home the bacon.
2: You know what What I did like about Kubiak is that he ran all sides of the ball. Yeah, he was an offensive-minded guy, but he, he he stuck his beacon on defense, special teams. He was really a well-rounded head coach. I have to think of, though, for defensive prowess, Vic Fangio and Wade Phillips chat on the same staff. Fangio as the head coach and Wade as a DC. Kubiak as the offensive coordinator and McDaniels. That would be an all-star coaching staff. But I will say again, the Broncos could have had, in reality... Kyle Shanahan, head coach, Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator. That, to me, is my all-star. Man. It's
3: crazy to think that that could have been a possibility. I mean, Kyle Shanahan did the rebuild in like a light-speed rebuild there in San Francisco, and even though they came up short and they lost in the Super Bowl, you always are going to wonder, if you're a Broncos fan, what could have been. But that is a ship that sailed. It's Vic Fangio, it's Drew Locke, it's Pat Shermer, and Mike Munchak. And there's a lot to be excited about with this current coaching staff, especially if they can get this young talent that the team is teaming with developed. That was another thing that Eric talked a lot about in that article is you got, I mean, it's all great on paper. It's all, the potential is obviously through the roof, but these coaches, the onus is really on them to get these guys developed and, tr- and convert translate that potential into on-field production i think this is the super chat from dave that we missed zach i it doesn't i don't re- recall talking about this on thursday but we really appreciate you david i hope you know we didn't mean to to yeah. skip you he says any chance we get to devion clowny from free agency could use a defensive end for depth no almost no chance david and even if there were a chance um Where are you going to play him? You're going to to make him a five-tech defensive end where he's playing inside, contending more with guards and centers than he is tackles? Like, for example, you're going to sit down Shelby Harris? You're going to sit down Jarrell Casey? Probably Shelby, if that's what you were thinking. Or are you going to put him on the edge, stand him up, two-point stance, and let him rush against tackles like Vaughn and Chubb? And if that's the case, Zach, who are you sitting down? Vaughn or Chubb? So I just don't see it happening.
2: Even if they didn't have a starting defensive end, you're not going to pay Clowney's price. If the Broncos balked on Derek Wolf, if they brought back Shelby Harris on a one-year of deal they're not going to meet his asking price, which is $20 million per season. That is ridiculous for a good but not great player like Genevieve on Clowney. The Broncos have two of the best edge rushers in the entire NFL. They have Drell Casey. They have Shelby Harris. They have Mike Purcell. They just drafted gene They have a really solid defensive line. I don't like this option at all. Nor is it a possibility in the least. He's probably going to go to either Seattle, return there, or sign with Philadelphia. He's no way coming to Denver.
3: This is a, a dutiful, loyal son cleaning mom's house right. while peeping the cast. What's up, Broncos country? Good to see you, uh, Bushido. Bushido. Sorry if we mispronounce it. Um, You're a good man. Right. Let me see what Bronco fanatic ninety seven. Are you guys trying to look like twin? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> glasses, dude. Give us an update. You've been wearing contacts or what?
2: No, I just, I always squint when I look at the comments, chat, So I want to kind of, you know, help my eyes out today. Just kind of, you know, individualizing myself a little bit, even though we look like twins, which we're not, but. We
3: are becoming the same person. <laughs> yeah. Slowly but surely. Yep. It, it's just what happens when, uh, when you podcast every single day for two and a half years. Zach Lee <laughs> Butler. Jumping in with a $2 super. Appreciate you, Zach. No new offensive line. Is that Munchak or Elway power move? I think he means no offensive tackle, right? Because plenty of new offensive line interior. I mean, from Graham Glasgow to Lloyd Cushenberry and Atani Muti. Plenty of new offensive linemen. As far as the tackle thing, is that Munchak or is it an Elway power move? I think it's a little bit of both, Zach. I honestly do. I think Elway, we talk about the fact that As it stands, there's a little bit of egg on his face, Elway that is, because Garrett Bowles has yet to live up to his draft pedigree. And it's not just the fact that Bowles hasn't played well and has had a lot of, you know, facepalm moments. It's that Elway Zach could have drafted Ryan Ramchick and did. And Ramchick is basically, you know, it's, it's it's not quite apples to apples. It is apples to oranges almost because he's been playing mostly right tackle and he's been blocking for Drew Brees his entire career. And Bowles has had a QB carousel and playing left tackle, which is traditionally, it's changing in the NFL, but traditionally the best, the team's best pass rusher comes off the left side. So not quite apples to apples, but Zach, I think it's a little bit of both. He's trusting Munchak to finish the development of Bowles. And it's also Elway not quite wanting to throw in the towel on Garrett Bowles.
2: I'd say it's about 60-40, 70-30. Elway has final say. He picks the groceries, Chad, but he values Munchak's opinion. Munchak's the best OL coach in the business, and he said, Elway, I think I can get by with Garrett Bowles and Juwan James. I can make Wilkinson a capable swing tackle. And Elway took that advice to heart and made his decisions based around his head coaches or his assistant coaches or anyone on the staff that's a difference between Elway now and Elway three years ago when he was isolating himself as the are. He wasn't taking any outside input, and it's no coincidence as to why the Broncos drafts have gotten increasingly better as the years have worn on.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
3: I just realized I forgot to hardwire myself to my router, and I want to go ahead and take care of that just in case. Hopefully there's no flub ups while I do that. Uh, Awesome listener in Melbourne, Australia. Good to see you, RL. Broncos country is everywhere, man. It's all across this world. It's not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Frankie, jumping in with a $10 super. Appreciate you, Frankie. Thank you, Frankie. It's amazing. Hey guys. Hope all is well. I'm so stoked to see this Denver offense clicking. Yeah, man, it's – really appreciate that support, Frankie, by the way. And all of our superstars on Super Chat, you know how much you guys mean to us. But it's going to be so fun, dude, to see how this takes shape because, I mean, Eric Trickle, for example, a lot of our YouTube audience probably saw that video he published early Sunday where he was just kind of going through – a few scenarios of different personnel packages that with the current talent that's on this roster now that Pat Shermer is going to be able to utilize and move around in order to exploit the opposing defense. And man, you think about getting two tight ends on the field. Like I wouldn't be surprised because of Zach, the speed that Albert O brings to the table. And of course, Noah Fant as well. You got two seam busting tight ends. Yeah, you got a lot of wide receivers. It's an embarrassment of riches there, Zach, but it wouldn't surprise me to, to see Shermer start utilizing more two tight end sets just so that he can, for lack of a better term, F with the opposing <laughs> defense coordinator.
2: You know what's great though, Chad? Every single pot without fail, someone or another will say, I'm so excited to see the Broncos offense. I'm so excited for this season. I'm so ready to see Drew Locke. We haven't had this much hope or optimism or excitement or passion since Peyton Manning, probably back to 2013, 2014. For tortured Broncos fans and us included, who've been covering the team through all these terrible quarterbacks, through all these non-playoff years, it's very gratifying to see it almost pay off, the, the hope and the groundswell of support behind Drew Locke as the franchise quarterback. I'm as excited as everybody else. I want to see uh, Locke in action. I think he'll be the best Broncos quarterback. Obviously, they've had Keith Payton, but it's just so rewarding to see all the excitement, every single pot without fail, Jim.
3: Absolutely. I think we're uh, we're having a little bit of a connection issue. You hearing me okay, Zach? Give me, just give yeah. me a thumbs up. We're good? Yeah, you were lagging okay. a little bit there. Just gonna- coming in on yeah, okay. Sorry guys. I actually have an appointment with again hardlined into I wonder if maybe I should just unhardline. Maybe that's the problem because we weren't having any problems before I did that. Bear with me one second. I'm gonna unplug this thing.
2: It's the beauty of live podcasting.
3: Yeah, guys. There's uh, when when you got two football priests live streaming from their home offices, sometimes you're you're gonna have to roll with the punches. Um Meg Laceous Harris. That's a really cool name. It looks like you might be a guar fan. The band guar. Do you think we will be 11 and five this season? Hashtag Broncos. There's a faux pas right there. You get some hate there, dude. Broncos country, my dog, 11 and five Zach. When I went back and, and did the game by game prediction based on our gut prediction, when the schedule came out on Thursday, it ended up being 11 and 5 and I know that is just so rosy but I'm sticking with it for now and I'm going to reevaluate in August. It's not necessarily a guarantee. I'm not saying that it's a it's a bold prediction. It's it's literally a 10,000 foot prediction at this point, but I really don't think 11 wins is completely outside the bounds of the plausible just the way this schedule is shaping up.
2: I don't either. I mean, I've been predicting 10-6 and 6 for the longest time now, and who's to say they can't win another game and go 11-5? and 5? If this is legit the year of Drew Locke or anything close to it, they can go 11-5, and 12-4. I mean, the Chiefs are their only roadblock to get to the playoffs, but if they can just either split with them or maybe sweep them or beat the teams you're supposed to beat and a couple others, there's no stopping the Broncos, depending on Drew Locke's progress, from going 11-5. and 5. It is certainly possible.
3: Leroy jumping in to let us know he ordered a scarf and a shirt last week. That's awesome, awesome man. We really appreciate you. You know, before the word that she'll go unmentioned hit, you would have already had that by now if you ordered. Pro- well, yeah. it, you'd probably be getting it like tomorrow. Um, but it's a slight, I think, two-day delay than usual because of what's going on. It's slowed things down slightly at the at the merch store. But nothing that it, you're going to miss. It's nothing that's going to, you know, put you out. So, Make sure, Leroy, when you get your swag, you hit us up on social media, hit us on Twitter, send us a selfie, and we'll give you some – we'll shout you out and give you some love. David also letting us know here, one of our superstars, <clears throat> bona fide superstar. Thank you, David. Appreciate that, David. He says, I ordered a face mask a couple days ago. Looking forward to getting it. Just make sure, David, you shout us out. Let us know when you get it. Send us that selfie so that we can show you some love, my friend. Uh, King Hicks, good to see you. Speaking okay. of superstars, good to see you guys. All right. It's going to do, Ah, oh, dang it. I thought I could avoid it, but it did a jump. So let's grab Angela and then I'll scroll up and hope we didn't miss anybody. Really appreciate you, Angela. You are one of our superstars on Super Chat. We really appreciate yeah, you. Just that's doing amazing. $1 Super in Canada. She says, love Fangio and the coaching staff teachers versus Wade that maximize the talent then falls off. Shanahan is spilled milk. This staff teaches. Hope the offense can do it too this year. Hashtag state of being. That's a solid, I wouldn't necessarily call it a criticism of the Phillips era, but, you know, Shane Ray didn't get developed. You could say Shaq Barrett got developed, and, you know, we could go back in time. There is an emphasis here with Fangio, a more higher prioritization on teaching and developing. And I think she's onto something here, Zach, where that could end up paying some pretty serious dividends for this team.
2: What I do like about Vic Fangio compared to Vance Joseph, which is everything, but one thing I like a lot is that you see him on the sidelines interacting with the players. He's not standing there with his arms crossed. He's not ignoring one side of the ball or the other. Vic Fangio is a true hands-on teacher, so I love coaches like that. And to the bigger point, it's true that Kyle Shanahan is spilled milk now. We can't cry over him. We can't rue him. I just brought that up because that would still be my ideal coaching pair is Shanahan as the head coach and play caller and Wade Phillips as a DC. I just think the Broncos would have been set up for a long period of success if they have those coaches in place.
3: All right, let's grab Mike Evans, who is increasingly becoming one of our consistent superstars. I really you, appreciate Mike. you, Mike. $10 donation. He says, do we have the best defense in the division? Appreciate y'all. You know, it's, it's funny to think of it this way, but the better your offense gets, the better your defense looks. Because if you think about it, the Kansas City Chiefs, man, they really haven't been that scary defensively. But think back to last year, the both matchups when the Broncos faced them, because that offense puts so much pressure on the opponent by putting points on the board quickly, it changes the way you know, the Broncos offense, for example, gets put behind the eight ball. And that defense of the Chiefs, for example, they can just tee off. Think of how many times Joe Flacco was hit and sacked in that first meeting, in which you know uh, Matt Moore took over in the second quarter and still trucked the Broncos, mm-hmm. then fast forward to Week 15 at Arrowhead, it's snowing. Drew Locks the man. That defense, because they were able to get out to a couple of touchdown lead, they could just tee off. So, is it the best division or defense in the division on paper? I think it is, but it can become even better, Zach, on its own merit, if this offense really takes that next step, like we all think it will.
2: It's a really good point. Yeah, Drew Locke, you know, all things considered, hopefully won't put the defense on the field with turnovers or three and outs, and keeping the defense on the field is a big win for the defense and also obviously for the offense. But to answer the question, I don't think it's close, Chad. The Chiefs are in contenders for that title. The Raiders certainly are not. Maybe the Chargers, considering their secondary, but their defensive line, their front seven isn't great either. Pound for pound, position by position, the Broncos, I think, have the best defense in the AFC West, and I think for their money, Chad, the best in the AFC.
3: Amen to that. Uh, let's see here, guys. Oh, there she is. I'm going to make sure this does not skip her. Bear with me one second, you guys. There she is. Miss Christy, man, yeah. queen, dollar super. Yep, the, the queen of MHH in the community. We appreciate you so much, Christy, and happy Mother's Day to you. Yes, and uh, to, to all of you out there, she says, hope you all enjoyed your day today with your moms, wives, aunts, all the moms. Nice. What's that emoji? This, I know it's glasses, but what does that mean?
2: I, I can't see the other emoji, but it says nice glasses. Oh, Actually, nice glasses. Me.
3: Hello. See, dude, this is why I need Zach. Like, I'm that dumb dad that when the when the teenage – you know, I pick up the phone and they're. I see what they're texting each other. I'm like, I don't understand what happened. <laughs> he, it's all lost on you. Zach, Zach's gonna have his kids eventually locked down, dude. Um, really appreciate you, Christy. Okay. You know that means the world to us.
2: The Peyton Effing Manning donation to Chad. That's right. $1. It's always
3: symbolic with with Christy. She always is yeah. communicating two things, multiple levels of analysis, because that's just who she is. It's what the JP, queen does. Jumping in five dollars super. Thank you, JP. Appreciate you, bro. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. To be honest, I know we're not used to getting positive news from outside, but I love it. It's going to be so satisfying shutting them up. It's true, JP. And I know we were talking. uh, We had a little DM going on Twitter, JP and I, fellow musician. You know, I'm amateur musician. Used to be professional musician. Now I'm amateur musician. But we got a few things that uh, we have in common, JP and I, including those drums, as you could probably see from his profile pic. But You know, that's the thing when it comes to the outside perspective. You've got a couple of people who have been um, praising the Broncos, including Colin Cowherd. I'm trying to think who I'm missing. There's someone else out there, too, that really likes what the Broncos are doing. But most of it has just been contradictory, negative stuff that it's shade. And the Broncos, for now, it's just noise. But, Zach, I'm telling you, when Vic Fangio first steps into that very first team meeting when training camp commences – and he, comm- he he proceeds to do his presentation. Here's the program for this year, guys. Here's the, you know, the, what was the one Gary Kubiak did? Iron sharpens iron. Here's our verbiage that we're going to use, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to po- pull up all this negativity. Yeah. He's going to have a few shots on that presentation. Mark my words. And uh, it's going to fire up his dude. So for now, it's just motivations Zach, it's just bulletin board material.
2: He's going to have a whiteboard with all these different predictions and prognostications and all these different negative statements about the Broncos, and he's right if he did that, Chad, to use it as fuel for Denver. He's around the program long enough now where he realizes the national media truly has an ax to grind, and they're never going to compliment Denver even if they do the thing correctly, even if they have the franchise quarterback, even if they win games toward the end of the season. But they're going to use that hate as motivation, and everyone that gets mad, I keep telling everyone on the pod, you love it, embrace it. That's what you want. That's what the Broncos want to operate in the same mindset with negativity, the, counting them out, underdogs. They thrive off that. So I'm all for it, Chad. I embrace that.
0: This is
1: the Overtime Podcast Network.
0: <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.
1: In-store or online at MattressFirm.com today.
3: Jay Stepp jumping in, a superstar. Really appreciate that $5 donation, my friend. And, of course, as always, we love your profile pic, rocking the State of Being MHH hoodie. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, happy Sunday, all. Show some love. Hit the like button. Hashtag State of Being. Guys, that's a simple, organic way to support what we're doing here. You don't have to become a, a Super Chat superstar You don't even have to share this video out, but at least like the video, we want you to be here and we appreciate you being here in the conversation and being a part of it. That's one additional thing you can do, no skin off your teeth, to help support what we're doing here. Uh, Mitch Man, I would love a power ranking of all the team's defenses in the NFL as compared to the Broncos. Mitch, as we start getting into the dog days of this offseason, that's something we'll take into consideration and maybe we can dedicate a pod to that it would kind of be tough to do it off the cuff. So give us some, give us some time. We'll circle back on that. Uh, Oscar jumping in $5 super. Appreciate you you, Oscar. Glad to support the channel. Well, we appreciate you. If Bradley Chubb bounces back from injury, how would you feel about extending him early to get a more team friendly deal? Mm. Oscar, I'd be a little bit leery of it just because this isn't the first knee injury Chubb's had. I'd want to see him sustain it, but even if he was in perfect health, Zach, and he, there hadn't been any issues for him as a pro, that's just not something John Elway does. He is like most, again, that Chris Harris um, raise last spring was the exception to the rule. Elway is like most GMs, and that is they don't show them the money, they don't open up the checkbook until they absolutely have to. So that's just the way it's going to be. Now, Could they have probably saved a few bucks, Zach, if they would have done that like with Justin Simmons last year, like about this time last year, if they would have come to the table, they would be getting him for probably half of what he's going to earn APY this year. But, you know, that's just not the way NFL teams play. They do the, you know, why do today what I can always do tomorrow type of ethos.
2: Well, That's the thing though. Justin Simmons didn't have a contract beyond last season though. he was going to be a free agent. Bradley Chubb still under contract. So the Broncos have no incentive to extend him early. He's under his rookie deal. Same with Drew Locke, same with Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay. Why pay these guys bef- way before they have to? I, I'm all for extending Philip Lindsay. But the Broncos mindset and their thinking is they're being signed, they're playing for peanuts right now. Why should we give him millions and guaranteed money? I just haven't play on the rookie deal. So I'm with you though, as much as I love Chubb, I want to see him come back to that injury. I want to see him be his 2018 form, and then I'd consider it. But knowing Elway, he's gonna let that train just coast. Until it's in the station chat, until he has to pay Rally Chubb and everybody else.
3: King Hicks, speaking of our superstars jumping in, $5 donation. Really Thank appreciate you, you, my brother. And you know, we appreciate you keeping that supply chain rolling through all these last two months of uncertainty. He says, just want to give my MHH family a shout out. I appreciate everyone for showing support and I really enjoy chatting with everyone. Hashtag Chad and Zach Rule. Broncos Thank World, you, baby. Hey, man, we appreciate you, King Hicks, and it's obviously the least we can do. You're a big part of the community, and we really, really do appreciate you. Donnie Boy here, Zach. Albert O is three words, a red zone threat. That corner fade route he runs is money in the red zone. It's almost automatic with Drew throwing the ball. It's poetry, and that's true. I mean, that's one thing that Locke talked about, Zach, in his virtual presser last Tuesday is go back and look at the tape of when Albert O. and I were at Missouri. He's such a big, enormous, physical human, and he's athletic, and he's fast. That corner route in the red zone was some, was was something the Tigers used c- consistently to make some hay
2: thought he meant that Albert O's last name is three words. I was getting ready to agree. It's it's a mouthful, yeah. Yeah. I agree, though. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy in the world. I wouldn't say he's Travis Kelsey reincarnated, but um, they have really good chemistry, Drew Locke and Albert O. He's a a seam buster down the middle of the field. As Chad just said, a great red zone weapon. He's going to help out this offense, but don't expect them to be Gronkowski and Hernandez right away. It's going to be Fant as a tight end one in Shermer's offense, and then any other scraps after him will go to Albert O.
3: Christy, jumping back in, really appreciate you. With the always going, y'all. We really appreciate you, Christy. Thank, Thank you, Christy. Kenneth Booker brings something up that is a sore spot for each and every Broncos fan, and even those who cover this team. Because when you cover a team, you try to to maintain an objective perspective in your analysis, but you can't help but become invested in the team. You care, mm-hmm. and you just you you can't not care, and. I mean, ask anyone who's been assigned that's come from outside the market, taking a job in Denver, now covers the Broncos like like my partner here. You end up becoming invested. And Kenneth here says, why is Randy Gradishar not in the Hall of Fame? He has almost he has almost 900 more tackles than Mike Singletary in two less seasons and averaged 14 tackles a game. Your your guess is as good as ours, my friend, other than the fact that it's a Bronco bias in the Hall of Fame. And this was something that I mentioned to Carl Mecklenburg, who's another egregious omission from the hall of fame. Uh, Just a couple of days ago, we talked on social media and it's, it doesn't make sense. If Carl or Gratishar or Dennis Smith, for example, if any three of those guys played in Pittsburgh, Dallas, New York giants, green Bay Packers, you know, we can name a few more. They'd be in the hall. It is a Bronco bias. They'll explain it by saying they didn't bring home a world championship. Any of those three players didn't play on a, on a world champion team. But to me, that's just the excuse, Zach. That's just an excuse.
2: It's the same reason that it took Pat Boland forever to get in, Steve Atwater forever to get in, the same reason that Mike Shanahan still on, and considering he won multiple titles and he's one of the best coaches of all time, Chad. It's, I don't know another way to put it. It's not having enough recognition from an NFL sense or a general sense, a community sense, a common human being sense. I, I can't explain it. Chad can't explain it. Hopefully, though, with... Atwater getting in, Boland getting in, it will open the floodgates for future Broncos in the years to come.
3: Jay, step with a good question here. Jumping back in, who is the bigger threat, the Las Vegas Raiders or the LA Chargers in the division, other than us? So, I think if you just reword the question to the effect of Zach, who's the biggest threat to the to to the Broncos in the division besides the Chiefs? For me, honestly, it's it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, because. First of all, I'm highly suspicious of Justin Herbert being the truth. And if he is the truth, I will fall on that sword. I'll eat my crow. I'll put a little sriracha on it, and I'll eat that <laughs> crow. But I just don't see them being a factor this year. They can have all the Pro Bowl defensive backs in the world. Right. But as you've seen in Denver these last four years, if you don't have a quarterback, a legit quarterback, you know, you're know you dead in the water. So for me, it's it's Vegas. And as I mentioned in my game-by-game prediction, of the schedule and actually I think it was in the five games to circle video I, I published over the weekend I have a sneaking suspicion that Las Vegas is going to be surprisingly good and even if they're not surprisingly good this year Zach they've split with the Broncos each of the last few years I mean since Chucky returned to the Raiders they've split with the Broncos both years so I'm more worried about them than I am the Chargers
2: I mean, I have the Broncos sweeping the Chargers this year, so I'm not too terrified of them. Their defense is going to be good, and I think Anthony Lynn is a good head coach, but I'm not I'm not scared of Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert, anyone on that offense. Austin Eckers is a good player, uh, but he doesn't scare me too much. The Raiders, though – if Gruden can get Derek Carr to the 2016 level he was playing at, that team can make some noise. Not saying wild card, not saying Super Bowl contender, but they can be a thorn in the Broncos' side, maybe a 7-8, maybe, 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 maybe a 9-win team. But they're going to be a thorn in the Broncos' side. They're not going to be an easy out. And that's why, and Chad has, the Broncos splitting with them in 2020.
3: And remember, three teams get into the wild card this year. All right. So, you Good know, point. they're not going to the 17-game schedule until 2021, but the 17-playoff Gauntlet begins this year, so there's room for one more seat at the table now. When it comes to the playoffs, and it'll be really cool to see how those implications play out once you get to you know December football. Yeah. Uh, JP jumping back in, appreciate you, bro. Thank you, JP. Next time we win the Super Bowl, I hope Von Miller is still on the roster. Such a gift to the franchise, a great leader, even better person. He deserves it. That would be cool, man. But you know what's what's great to think about is Von Miller does not need another world championship to cement his hall of fame status. Like he's a lot for the hall. He could retire tomorrow. He's not going to knock on wood. He's going to be in the hall exactly six years after he retires that.
2: Plus he already delivered the Broncos, the super bowl and he was the MVP of the game. I mean, even if he doesn't win another title, he still changed the course of Broncos history. He's a, as a hall of famer, he's a ring of famer. He's one of the best players to ever play. And to answer the question, though, considering his future, I think that will be determined this season, Chad. How this season goes for Vaughn coming off a really non-Vaughn-like 2019 campaign, he gets back to that that Vaughn-like form from years past. I think it will increase his odds of scoring another contract with the Broncos.
3: Agreed. Terry, one of our bona fide superstars from the MHH Mount Rushmore, in fact, jumping in with the $2 super, state of being, baby, drop a like, peeps appreciate that terry and you as well Ned. thank you really appreciate you my friend and every every show of support like that means the world to us so we really appreciate that andy jumping in we don't want to neglect our facebook audience how many home games do you guys average a year if you can only get to one home game this year which which is that game hashtag uh one fan in kansas and the world love the broadcast thanks again you know Andy, I circled, for what it's worth, I circled five games on the schedule. I circled the home opener against Tennessee. I circled week three against Tampa Bay just because of Tom Brady coming back to the Mile High City. Um, I circled week seven, I want to say it was, against the Chiefs in Denver, so three home games already. Week 10 on the road against the Raiders, that's an away game, and then week 15 against the Bills. So any of those four home games that I just mentioned – Those would be great games for any fan to get to because they're all going to have unique implications beyond just, you know, this is a great matchup. Like it's going to have some kind of play with the exception of the Tampa Bay game. That's all about just Brady storylines and Drew Locke measuring himself against one of the goats in Denver. Um, All those other games, Zach, they have implications for the postseason.
2: I would like to see the Saints game as well, Chad. Drew Locke versus Drew Brees. You know, if the Broncos are facing a bona fide Super Bowl contender with a Hall of Fame quarterback, how they match up in that game, depending on if they won or lose the previous week, I want to see how Locke goes toe-to-toe by that point in his first season as a starter where he's more comfortable, where the season's already well in in play. I want to see how he matches up with a team like the Saints to go along with the, the games that you mentioned as well.
3: Ian wants to know on Facebook, would you guys try and get Earl Thomas if the price is right in a trade? If his wife will let him go. <laughs> Got to get
2: his brother too. It's a, yeah. it's a package deal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it really is, guys. Google it. Okay. Um, first of all, it's it'd be great to have a three-headed safety attack that was Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and Earl Thomas. But it's just not going to happen. In a perfect world, the answer would be yes, Ian. But in a practical sense, can you fit his contract under the current salary cap? You probably could, but then you're going to be right up against it. You're not going to have that Evan Mathis slush fund. And he's going to – one of those three guys is going to be doing a lot of sitting on the sidelines because you're going to roll with your big nickel, big nickel meaning three safeties on the field quite often, depending on the personnel packages you're going up against. But one of those three would not be getting starter snaps. snap. So it's just – it's it's fun to spitball, Zach, but not very realistic as, a, as an option.
2: I hate to be blunt about it, but I don't want a guy whose wife held a gun to his head. I don't want a guy who's engaging in orgies with his brother involved. I don't want a guy who's flipping off his head coach on the sideline while getting carted off the field. No to Earl Thomas. I'm good with Trey Marshall in that role or Douglas Coleman. It's a heavy, hard pass on Earl Thomas.
3: Good points, all. Uh, Yo, db for life Denver Broncos for Life. Hey, guys, is it true that we might be playing in London one game of the schedule? It was. That has now been canceled because of the word that shall go unnamed. Yeah. The game's still taking place, but it turned from a neutral setting in the United Kingdom to a an away game against the Atlanta Falcons. So that game will be played in Atlanta, Zach. Unfortunately, and so many great members of Broncos country are in the United Kingdom. It's, it's tragic that they're getting that taken away yeah. from them, but the NFL is just playing better safe than sorry. And certain countries are a little bit more – absolute about their, you know, their public, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the way the schedule is going to unfold, you know, between now and then in the United Kingdom in terms of social distancing, probably going to be quite different than the way it ends up unfolding in the United States. So the, the NFL is just playing it safe.
2: And rest assured, the Broncos more than likely will be awarded a London game next year to make up for them not being overseas this year as part of the international series. But the good thing about it is though, the Broncos' bye week comes before that Atlanta game now, an early East Coast road game, so it worked out to the Broncos' advantage either way.
3: David jumping back in, bona fide MHH superstar. Appreciate you, bro. Have you guys heard anything out of Dove Valley about us going after an offensive lineman in free agency? Really hope we get Jason Peters. Also looking forward to Madden 21 coming out. Yeah, man. I used to seriously set my clock to Madden. Yeah. But ever since I, uh, you know, Madden's been around since the 90s, so I'm, it's, I'm dating myself a little bit. But ever since I started MHH, I just don't have as much time to uh, play Madden as I as I would like to in a perfect world, even during the offseason. But I, I'm with you, David. I'm still going to go out and buy it. Even if I don't get to play it much, Zach, my my boys will play it like crazy.
2: I used to wait in line at midnight at GameStop for the new releases of Madden every year. I was a yep. huge Madden player, but it seemed like years ago the game just was a, a new roster update for sixty bucks, seventy bucks a year. It wasn't worth the money or investment. I was disappointed in Madden the way it was it was it was laid out. Not not to get into it now, but it's exciting that it, it means football's around the corner. But I'm not personally invested in Madden any longer.
3: As far as the free agent, and by the way, yo, DB for life, we appreciate you, my friend. That, yeah. that means a lot to Thank us. You. David, as far as <clears throat> the uh, free agent tackle question, I really just don't, I really don't think that it's going to happen if and until the Broncos get to training camp and things aren't shaping up at offensive tackle with bowls or James's nursing something with injury wise, or I just think they're going to wait on that. And, even if it means risking a guy like Jason Peters or Cordy Glenn getting swooped up between now and then, the Broncos can justify that to themselves because they can say, well, by the time we get to training camp and you get into August even preseason, you're always going to get those surprise roster cuts that you just didn't see coming, and we'll just find a way if push comes to shove to make the most of it if and when that happens.
2: This is a pretty funny comment, though. Speaking at Madden, Bill O'Brien makes his strings according to Madden rankings. Uh, You know what, though? I I agree with you, Chad, but I agree for a different reason. I think the Broncos are going to wait, but that's because it drives down the price of Jason Peters, drives down the price of Cordy Glenn, Kelvin Beecham. The longer they're on the open market, the cheaper they can come. Jason Peters just sent out a video through Adam Schefter, or his agent did, of him working out. He was looking very explosive, fast, quick feet. The guy is 38, but you would never know it by the shape he's in still. So, He's probably holding out for starters money or starters job. I think the Broncos, if they do wait, it will be money and financially driven, Chad.
3: Amen. George jumping in, one of our bona fide superstars as there well, is. MHH Mount Rushmore. Thank you, George. We appreciate you so much. Georgie says, getting lots of compliments here in New York on my MHH mask. Good to hear. Good to hear. Going to have to purchase a couple more. Yeah, you got to awesome. have freshies, right? You got to have freshies <laughs> to when you're out and about. But Thank that, you, George. Uh, yeah, that's good to hear, my friend. Uh, Dave D in Cali jumping in. Really appreciate you as well, my friend. Looking for a big running game due to the passing threats. Hashtag KJ blur. Blur. Um, your, Your response to Dave D there, Zach?
2: I do think a passing attack will open up the running game. I mean, play actual and work out for the Broncos and uh, having a two-headed uh, a backfield of Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay, having your receivers being sudden, uh, you have no offense. You have Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. Who do you defend? So one will play into the other, Chad. If they can get their passing game going, the running game will open up and vice versa. There's no such thing as too many weapons. The offense will be balanced and fun to watch.
3: That's why the onus, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's not only on the coaches to develop – but the pressure is really on Pat Shermer because, yeah. I mean, this entire offseason, it's not like they've neglected the defense. They've they have added pieces where they need to, including on the trading block with Jarrell Casey and A.J. Bouye. But this whole offseason has been about building that nest around Drew Locke, and it puts a lot of pressure on Pat Shermer. And we're going to find out whether or not he's up to the challenge. I think that he is. He just simply makes for a better OC than he does a head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator. He's one of the most coveted offensive coordinators in the NFL. I think it, it might not hit the ground running out of the gates. At We don't know exactly how all this these restrictions in the offseason are going to end up playing out. But you got to assume it's going to take a little bit of time to gel. That's why I'm circling week three. One of the reasons I should say that I'm circling that week three game against Tampa Bay as one of the games to really watch uh, because I think that's about where this offense is going to start opening up and you're going to potentially have yourself a shootout there at mile high with, The Bruce Arians offense as quarterback, which can be very explosive vertical offense as quarterback by Tom Brady with Gronk, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I mean, it could be a fireworks show that game.
2: That's a really good point, Chad. It's like Elway bought all the groceries this offseason. Now he's saying to Pat Shermer, listen, cook the recipe. I've done enough. I've done my part. And it's more pressure on Pat Shermer because not only does he have all these weapons to satisfy and mouths to feed, Chad, he has to develop Drew Locke in his first season as a starter. That's a tall task for a guy who's new to the organization coming off Ed coaching stint. I have confidence in him, but you're right. The pressure is squarely on Pat and his shoulders maybe more than anybody else on that coaching staff.
3: Yo, that's really cool, man. We really appreciate you. Long-time listener, just showing some love for the first time on Super Chat tonight. It means a lot to us, my friend. appreciate you. Jason jumping in with a $10 Super. Thank Thank you, you, Jason. Jason. Hey, guys, what's up? Thanks for all that you do. Keep up the good work. Just showing some love. Really appreciate that, Jason. Denver Broncos for life, indeed. I don't think you put that much thought into it, Steve, to be honest with you. (laughs) No,
2: it was a happy accident.
3: It wasn't, you know, I chose to wear this shirt and this hat today. So it's just one of the, it's just the universe aligning the stars uh, perfectly. All right, let's see. We're, we're getting close. We're at 48 minutes. So let's make sure we're not missing any of our superstars here. Real quick, though, this is a good one from Vinay Bleacher Report did power rankings of all the defenses and offenses in the league. They ranked the Broncos sixth on defense and 25th on offense, saying that the Broncos are too unproven, but have the potential for top 10. And that's kind of the point, Zach, that I think Eric was making today is, you know, on paper, there's a lot to get excited about. You just, you know, it's hard to rank this offense at this stage just because Colton Sutton, proven, Philip Lindsay proven. You can say Melvin Gordon, proven, but now he's in a new city. Noah Fant, scratching the surface on being proven. I mean, he did have a record-breaking rookie campaign, but he's still very much in his learning curve. So it's just, and Drew Locke, of course, as well. And then you add Judy and Hamler and Alberto and, the interior offensive linemen, it's so many moving parts. It could end up being a top-10 offense, but it's got to come out in the wash.
2: But I, I hate this, though. It's take a stand. If the Broncos are 25th, they have potential to be top-10. What right. offense doesn't have potential to be top-10? They can be first. They can be second. It's your offense your sitting here. I agree they're fairly unproven, but the collection of talent alone, what six teams were worse than them, and what, what teams immediately – preceded them. That's what i like to know. I don't put any stock, no offense, in the Bleacher Report's rankings. It's completely arbitrary. It's done by a fan. No different than you or I. I, I just I don't like fence-sitting, Chat. Take a stand about the Broncos. I think they're better than 25th, but to say it, it potentially be top 10, that's every team and every player in the NFL. It's all about potential. So it's, it doesn't mean anything to me.
3: That's like my beef with the 8-8 eight and eight predictions of these last few years. Like, okay, what are the right. Broncos going to do this year? You know we don't know what to expect, so eight and eight, like
2: <laughs> right down if the They end middle. up
3: being a couple games under. You don't look too wrong if they end up going a couple games over. You don't look too wrong, but similar, similar uh, thought there. Bushido jumping back in. I love the idea of Fant and Albert O with Sutton and Judy, with Lindsey and Gordon in the backfield or five wide with Hamler in there as well. Almost a Madden offense. Ha ha! Indeed, and that's why it really comes down to Shermer, just being the right X's and O's guy, and Drew Locke. You got to be that point guard. You got to be that distributor of the football, find the open guy. And I'm just really excited to see how it shakes out. I think, you know, look, the the thing to get most excited about, in my opinion, Zach, isn't Pat Shermer's X's and O's acumen, which are legit. He's very smart and proven. His coaching tree ties to Andy Reid. There's a lot to a lot of bona fides there. But his ability, especially in tandem with uh, Mike Shula, to reach and develop young quarterbacks and help them take that quantum leap forward. I mean, dude, Daniel Jones, I'm telling you guys, Daniel Jones outkicked his coverage last year, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions and 12 starts. Thanks to those two coaches. And so if a guy like Daniel Jones, who is seriously limited physically, unlike Drew Locke can do what he did. I mean, I shudder to think what Locke can, can accomplish with those two coaches, you know, one on each shoulder
2: it can be a Madden offense, and on paper it's a Madden-type offense, but we have to be realistic as well and think, there's too many mouths to feed, and Pat Shermer is not a magician, he's not a god, he's not going to feed them all every time. There's going to be some squabbling, I'm sure, maybe internally there's going to be players that are left out of the game plan every single week, but you're not going to get KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, Corbin Sutton, Noah Fant, Phillip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, all the ball in any given week. So you're going to have to think to yourself, okay, Hamler might take a couple weeks to get going. He might be game plan specific. Uh, Albert O, he's the second tight end in the scheme that doesn't feature tight ends. So we have to be realistic as well. It's going to be a very fun offense, explosive offense, downfield offense but we also have to keep in mind that Shermer can't feed every single player. Some are going to be better than others, with Drew luck on their center this season.
3: Sykes JB jumping in with a $20 super chat. Wow. Really Thank appreciate you. that Sykes. And if you're on Twitter, reach out and this goes for all of our superstars. Make sure you reach out and let us know who you are. You might already be following either Zach or myself. You might already be following my High huddle or at huddle up pod, but just reach out and say, Hey, this is, I'm just connecting the dots for you because so many times the name on YouTube is different than the handle on Twitter. And sometimes even the name on Twitter and the handle are different. So like, I need people to just spell it out for me. This is who I am. Uh, For example, like Kevin, Kevin P did today on Twitter, one of our superstars who let me know exactly who it is. And it helps out a lot. He says, just got in. We'll listen later. Uh, But sure was great. Really appreciate you. My friend. Um, We got a Twitch guys. I'm like, I don't know anything about twitch because i'm not a huge gamer all i know is i was told by someone that uh whose opinion when it comes to digital media i i trust he said you got to start streaming on twitch if you're already streaming on youtube and you're already streaming on facebook and you're already streaming on periscope you got to also start streaming on twitch and so i created an account just started doing it and i don't know how to grow that audience other than just put out the content so chromey welcome in appreciate you spending some time with us here tonight wants to know if the Broncos should trade for Lions center Jake Lentz. No, my friend. The Broncos have a starting center now by the name of Lloyd Cushenberry that they procured with the 84th pick in the third round of the draft. We're rolling with that, dude.
2: And they got their guy from the Lions and Graham Glasgow. So they're, they've poached the Lions pipeline. All they're going to do this season.
3: Yes, dude. Earl Thomas. <laughs> Just Google it, dog. Just Google
2: it. <laughs> I was going to say, now, read the question, Chad. It's
3: so surreal. Earl Thomas or <laughs> brothers. Read it out loud is what I'm saying. It's just, it's crazy it what it is. But it's funny. It's a fun. I mean, you know, anytime there's threat of of aggravated assault, it's maybe not funny, but still it's or
2: murder, first degree murder, right?
3: Right. It's it's a unique story in the NFL landscape. Derek jumping in with a very wow. generous super chat.
2: Derek, thank hey, you Derek. so much.
3: Appreciate that twenty five dollar donation, my friend. Make sure you reach out if you're on Twitter. He says a little off subject, but am I the only one worried that this team may struggle to win games? I think they should like another, I think they should like another letdown season. Oh, I think they should. Another letdown season would really suck. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. I mean, it's fair, Derek. Listen, after what the depredations Broncos country has gone through these last four years, post Super Bowl 50, you're well within your right to be worried. Until they prove it to you that times really have changed. I mean, if that 4-1 finish with Drew Locke, that's a lot to get excited about. But you got to pull that through the entire offseason and translate that momentum into 2020's regular season. We think it's going to happen one way or another. But it's well within your rationale rights to be concerned, I think, Zach.
2: The threat is always there, Chad. In the NFL, there's no such thing as absolute truths, and it's a league dominated by parity every single season. That's why no one can predict what's going to happen at any given time. If Locke doesn't take that next step, they can have a down year. If he gets injured, the season could be lost. But we don't ride on negativity. We don't base our opinions and our analysis around negativity or positivity for that matter. We base it around realism, what our eyes are seeing, what our brains are telling us, what we see on film – we happen to think, Chad and I, that Drew Locke is going to take that next step. We happen to think the Broncos are going to be a playoff team. But by no means is it a lock. There's no locks in the NFL. They can easily be 4-12 and 12 again, 5-11. and 11. We just don't think that's much of a possibility this season.
3: That's why one of the reasons the NFL is, uh, is king in right. on the American sports landscape is exactly. the parity. Teams go from first to worst and vice versa each and every year. And so that's one of the reasons to be optimistic, though that the Denver Broncos could be one of those worst to first, even though they finished second last year in the AFC West, a turnaround type of team. Uh, Derek says, showed a couple of friends some 2019 highlights of Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. They were both intimidated. <laughs> Ha-ha. Drew Locke with them weapons. Yo, Judy, Hamler, Lindsey, Fanton, Sutton. Hashtag football IQ. Yeah, man. I mean, again, Drew Locke is going to be loaded for bear on this hunt. Let's just hope he can shoot straight.
2: And what we always like, Chad, is the Broncos devoted their entire offseason to their young franchise quarterback. You have to love their their mindset and the way they've constructed this roster for Drew Locke exclusively.
3: All right, let's see what else we got here. We're at 57 minutes. we got to start winding it down, unfortunately, uh, as we get close to the one-hour mark here. Let me just see here. Bear with me one second, you guys. I don't want to skip anyone. We hate doing that. Jay Step, appreciate you jumping back in on Thank Superstar uh, on Super Chat, Bonafide Superstar. Agree, guys. Lots of weapons. Who will be the two that most stand out for a thousand receiving yards? I say Fant and Sutton. Hashtag State of Being. I think Fant will get close. Like I think Fant. When I say close, I think he'll get. Last year in Rich Scangarello's offense with three different quarterbacks, he it was five hundred something yards he had, right? Five eighty or something like that. I think getting closer to between seven and 800 is is probably where Fant lies, but there's so many mouths to feed on that offense. Right. To answer that question, two most likely, it's got to be Sutton and Judy. Hamler, I don't think, is going to have enough touches or I should say receptions to get to a 1,000 receiving yards, but Judy and, and Sutton are going to consume the majority of the volume, and that adds up over time.
2: I could see Fant being a big contributor in the red zone, only having 500, 600 yards, but having 8 to 10 touchdowns. But in yards wise, I do believe that Cortland Sutton's no doubt about it. He'll be 11, 12, 13, 1400 yards. Jerry Judy, 9 to 1,000 yards. But you have to remember, Melvin Gordon, Philip lindsay they're going to siphon targets away as well. KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, Dejaan Hamilton makes the final roster. Cleveland, who makes the final roster. There are so many mouths to feed, so many reps to go around, and, and these and these pass catchers are divas. It's not a cliche. Even Cortland Sutton, he wants his action. He's never going to admit it, but he wants to be the guy, the wide receiver one. And it went back to what, what Chad was saying about Pat Shermer. The onus falls on him to feed all these mouths. It's almost an impossible task.
3: It's going to be fun, though, right, seeing how this yeah. thing shakes out. Kane jumping in with a $5 super. Thank you, Kane. It's good to see Thanks. you on Super Chat, my friend. He says, there is no excuse for Drew Locke. Whoop. I guess I need to put him on screen. Hello. There is no excuse for Drew Locke not to take the next step with all those weapons to me. Repping from here in Texas in the panhandle, by the way, very cool. Kane. And uh, if you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out. Let's connect. We're going to be shouting you out after this show as a superstar. So uh, connect with us, my friend, if you're on Twitter, that is. And the Texas panhandle, again, man, it's all about Broncos country is, is a state of being baby. But yeah, I mean, a lot of pressure is on Drew Locke. It'll I think he's capable of, of weathering that pressure. And Pat Shermer.
2: Drew Locke's development ultimately is up to Drew Locke, though, Chad. I'm sure Pat Skir- Shermer will have the right scheme in place. He certainly has the weaponry in place, but it's all about Locke committing himself to the game, being a Broncos franchise quarterback. I think he will, but it's not an absolute. It's not a guarantee.
3: 78 Leadhead saying, Drew Locke has it, whatever it is. He's not your typical young signal caller. He's going to go ham this year. I truthfully could see 32 touchdowns. Translate ham for me, Zach. Do you know what Harder, that is? Huh?
2: Hard. It was what the uh, – Connie and Jay-Z said. What was it? Uh, hard hard as – hard as a um, MF? Okay.
3: I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it. See? You talk about a compliment. You know, the Broncos needed to find a true compliment for Cortland Sutton. This is how Zach and I compliment each other. <laughs> I haven't heard that
2: term in years.
3: Drew Locke does have it. And, uh, I mean, I talked to Drew Locke face-to-face, and he does just – he has it. And, you know, you wanted to see that come out on the field. And when we saw him those first three games in the preseason, I really didn't think we were going to see it, even if he hadn't hurt himself. I really didn't think we were going to see him take the kind of leap he did if he got an opportunity as a rookie. And, man, just that. From that third preseason game to week 13, he was a little sketchy, a little touch and go in that week 13 game. But, man, week 14 in Houston opened up the floodgates, and unquestionably he's got it. But there are a lot of quarterbacks that have it that end up bumping their head and not quite fulfilling their full potential. I mean, Matthew Stafford's a good example of that. Um, Matt Ryan is another example of that. Guys that come close but they just can't quite get over the hump, most of the time having to do with organizational – symptoms that lead to that. I don't think that's going to be the case with, with Drew Locke Zach. but we just got to see him put it out on the field.
2: I do agree, though. It might go back to my optimistic view of Drew Locke, but I just see there's a different vibe about him. He's not a Paxton Lynch. He's not a Trevor Simeon. He's not – an old breed of quarterback. He's among the new crop of quarterbacks, Chad. He's a a dual threat guy. He can use his legs. He has a strong arm. His love and passion for the game, his commitment to learning the game, his work ethic, his alpha personality, none of these things are teachable. These are all intangibles. These are all things that make a franchise quarterback a franchise quarterback. But again, he has to take those things and harness those intangibles and put it out and make tangible progress on the field.
3: Derek, jumping back in. Thank you, Derek. Wow, Derek. He says, I don't have a Twitter, but I agree. No negative thoughts from here on in. Is there a chance the Broncos go out and try to find a coverage linebacker? We have good ones, but no one I trust. I really don't think they're going to do that, Derek. I think they if if they're going to have one emerge, it's going to be, they believe, Justin Sternad, if yeah. he can get fully healthy. I think he will. He's, he's already had that surgery on his bicep. Once they can get to Dove Valley and start working with the trainers, I think Sternad is going to be good to go as a rookie this year. I don't know how much Fangio and company will are planning on having to rely on him, but he's the guy, he's the athletic coverage guy. I mean, they got him in the fourth or fifth round, excuse me, and it might not pay immediate dividends, but it will eventually. In the meantime, the Broncos will use Fangio's zone coverages, which take a lot of pressure off of those linebackers, even though opposing offenses down the stretch last year, man, they really figured out how to, how to single those linebackers out in coverage. So is gonna to have to have a counter to that, and we agree with you. It's not a perfect scenario, but I don't see him going out and signing a new, another or an additional coverage linebackers that.
2: Let me amend a previous statement. The only absolute truth in the NFL is Vic Fangio and John Elway, not spending money on an inside linebacker or drafting using capital on an inside linebacker. They really believe they can build up any guy from the bottom of the barrel type to want to draft a drafted guy to a rookie guy. And you know what? I think AJ Johnson's progress last year proved that. I think the sum of all their parts will be capable enough for Denver this year. Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, A.J. Johnson, and Sternat. But Sternat's going to be starting by midseason. That's my Mm not-so-bold prediction for Denver. Johnson and Sternad, two athletic, speedy, young guys, sideline to sideline, three down inside linebackers. Bye-bye, Todd Davis.
3: That'll be cool. Kenneth Booker, did you watch the UFC fights? It's a good step to having sports back. I did not watch them, but I'm thanking God that they yeah. <laughs> that Dana White and the executive leadership of the UFC it pushed forward with that. It's a good, you know, they're leading from the front. They're they're saying, look, guys, let's let's get this party restarted on American professional sports. So just I didn't watch Zach, but I'm thanking the good Lord that that they yeah. did that.
2: I'm not a huge UFC guy, but I give Dana White a lot of credit, Chad, for going against the grain and not buying into the fear and not buying into the fear-mongering and the panic. And uh, there was no fans in the stands, and all the fighters were tested, and they were all negative. And uh, he kind of is breaking the mold for his sport. And as a from a businessman's point of view, I give him a lot of credit for that. All
3: right, guys, two more Super Chats here, and then we got to get out of here for tonight. Derek jumping in, $5 Super. Uh-huh. Thanks, Derek. Again, Derek. Thank you we so much. appreciate you. Hoping Broncos offense is going to be that sleeper team. The doubts get shut down with our offensive performance. The The wins will speak for themselves. Yeah, man, the Broncos could very well be that sleeper. And, you know, it's not – even if they end up being everything fans hope they are, it's really inconvenient that you have the Kansas City Chiefs in your division. That's just going to be a thorn in the Broncos' side for the next 10-plus years. It just is what it is. That's just – You wake up in the morning, the sky is blue, the Kansas City Chiefs are in your division. You just, it's matter of fact, it's reality. Find a way to defeat them. And if they can take one step closer to doing that this year by splitting with the Chiefs, winning at least the home game in Denver, man, that would almost feel like, I mean, it's been so long, week two of 2015 since the Broncos beat the Chiefs. It would almost, I would almost celebrate that as someone covering this team in the same way that, that the Broncos won the Super Bowl. I know that sounds outlandish, but I would be on cloud nine if the Broncos could beat the Chiefs this year at home.
2: And yeah, Well said, Chad. I want to just add to that. It might be a little rocky to start the season. It might be a lot of glitches, and it might be a little rust with the offense and Drew Locke, but no matter if they win by one point or 100 points, a win is a win is a win in the NFL. And come the end of the year when the Broncos are 10-6, and 11-5, making some postseason noise – this narrative will be flipped on its ear, but only if and until the Broncos stack those W's, Joe. All
3: right, guys. Terry jumping in, $2 super again. Thanks, Thank Terry. You, Terry. You know, we appreciate you, bro. Judy and Hamler, uh, over-under, 1,700 yards combined. Hashtag Broncos world. Hmm. I think the over-under from the odds makers on Judy alone is 824 and a half as far as yards that he'll produce receiving yards as a rookie I'm taking the slight over. So what would hmm. that leave? Let's just say 900 yards. So that would leave 800 yards for for Hamler. I'm not sure Hamler gets quite that many yards as a rookie. We'll see. I would probably take the under if I was actually betting real money, Terry. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him go go over.
2: I'm taking the under as well. If this was Sutton and Judy, I'm taking the over. If, if, if this even was Sutton and Hamler, I think Sutton's going to have 1,200 on his own. I just don't think KJ will be right out of the gates a 100-yard-per-game kind of guy. He's going to be a very game-plan-specific kind of guy, a downfield threat, a special teams contributor. I'm going under on that. I think Judy will flirt with 1,000 yards, 900 to 1,000 yards. I see KJ at like six, 700 with four or five touchdowns this year, Joe.
3: Wanna beast, reminding everybody. And thanking everybody for joining the pod, which we echo. Remember to continue the conversation at milehighhuddle.com. The guys get to the questions there really well. Head to uppod.com for your gear. Broncos world, baby. And that's true. That's how you keep the conversation going. Meet us at, at milehighhuddle.com, the community section, the comment section. That's literally where we're hanging out all day long. And then one last Hail Mary 11th hour super chat from one of our longtime listeners and a very valued member of our community. Discount Audio and Wills, DA Dub jumping Thank in, you. $20 super. Thanks, my That's friend. That's incredible. Thank you. And hope things are continuing to open up and do better for your business and uh, things are, are going well for you, or at least better. Does Justin Simmons sign a new deal or does he play under the franchise tag for the year? I would hate to say this. If you can't sign him, would you consider trading him, especially mm-hmm. with Fangio system makes safeties ball? I have that very doubt. As you guys know, I expressed it not a popular opinion, the wisdom of paying Justin Simmons top of the top of the line money, because it is a a safety friendly system that Fangio brings to the table, but that's a ship that has already sailed. John Elway, every player he has franchise tagged since he became a front office guy, he has worked out a long-term extension before the deadline. I don't think that's going to change this year. That will happen. I mean, that's, I don't even have to say it's a bold prediction. Like that will happen because Simmons wants to stay. Simmons wants, Simmons wants a long-term deal, and the Broncos want the same. So I think that'll get done sometime in July.
2: They have two months still, over two months, if you want to get technical, until July 15th. So that's plenty of time. And Simmons is the kind of guy where he wants to get paid. He wants long-term security for him and his family, but he's the guy who's not going to hold the Broncos over a barrel. He'd probably give them something of a hometown discount, knowing who Justin Simmons is and the kind of guy he is. I'm not worried at all. They're putting money aside for him. They want to – they've already expressed and admitted they want him to be along. For, for the long-term to be a future part of the franchise, a core piece of the, of the defensive puzzle, I have no doubts or worries about Simmons being signed. It will happen by July 15th. All right,
3: guys. We got to get out of here for tonight. We want all of our great moms in Broncos country to enjoy the rest of your Mother's yes. Day. And fellas out there, make sure you show the love to the moms in your life and your wives and your grandmas. You don't need us to tell you that, but just a reminder. Also, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. That's how you stay in touch with everything that's happening in real time. We're going to do another giveaway this week, so stay tuned for that. And also, while you're at it, make sure you follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. You can find my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen. If you're in a position to do this, head over to HuddleUpPod.com, get your swag on, get a football priest hat, get a state of being hoodie, get a shirt, whatever, a mug, a face mask. It's another way you can support what we're doing here if you're in a position to do so, and uh, we always appreciate that. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us live and contributing to the conversation in the stream and the community. You guys are as much a part of this podcast and what we do on a daily basis as we are. That's the honest-to-goodness truth. And a mile high salute to our superstars. Really appreciate you guys. You know, we love you. And Zach, my friend, have a a great start to your week out there, buddy.
2: You as well, Chad. I'm looking forward to starting another week of potting with you. And hopefully we have some news tomorrow to talk and break down. Amen to that. If not, we'll start rolling
3: up our sleeves and getting creative We're we've been doing this long enough to know exactly how to deep dive during the off season. It's no skin off our teeth. We, we relish the opportunity. So Shout out to each and every one of you. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there. We love you. And for Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.